0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 20 about the ninth commandment Thou shalt not bear false witness.
1: The positive side of this is that if you were a witness to a contract, this is the way it works today. If you were to sign documents, let's say for a loan on a home, typically what they will have is they will have someone there who will bear witness to that, and that person is called a notary. And the notary has a stamp, and they will witness you signing the documents. It could be at your home or somewhere else. And then they stamp the documents to, as if to say, I bear witness that so-and-so and so-and-so signed these documents in my presence with my stamp and with the date. And that is the idea of a witness as well. So sometimes you are called in to bear witness to a contract exchange or a legal document. And I will say this to you in passing. As believers who are to be people of truth, if you sign a contract, if you make a commitment to pay an organization then you ought to be true to your word. I know the society has a lot of wiggle room to get out of debt and all of that, but if you commit that you're going to buy something and you're going to make payments or whatever, then you should follow through with that. I've had some discussions with some people in finance, and they say, well, there was such a thing as the year of Jubilee in the Bible. Every 50 years, debts were forgiven and all of that. Maybe there's a little bit of legitimate wiggle room with the year of Jubilee But I would just say, Jesus put it this way, let your yes be yes and your no be no. So if you make a commitment, whether it's a verbal or a written commitment, part of your testimony, and that's what we're talking about here in the world, is to be true to that commitment, to follow through and protect your good name and, of course, the name of Christ. So God forbids every form of falsehood. Let me give you an example of just how a false witness could destroy someone's life. There's several stories. You know, false witnesses came against Jesus. Uh, they came against Stephen. But in the Old Testament, there's a man named, named Naboth, and he owned a vineyard next to the king's palace. The king at the time is Ahab, and he's a wicked king. And he looked out of his window, and he saw this vineyard that Naboth owned right next to the palace. And he's like, I really want that vineyard. So he went to Naboth, and he said, hey, I'll buy that from you. And I'll give you whatever price you want, or I'll give you a better vineyard in exchange. And Naboth said, No, I don't want to sell it. And he says, it's because it's belonged to my family for generations, and I don't want to sell it to you. I'm sorry, King, no. And so King Ahab, being the masculine man that he was, went home, got on his bed, and went, <laughs> Naboth will sell me the vineyard. <laughs> Boo-hoo. And Jezebel, his wicked wife, walked into the bedroom saw him boohooing and said, what's wrong with you? Naboth won't sell me the vineyard. Naboth won't sell me the vineyard. She said, aren't you the king of Israel? Don't you have power and authority over the land? Yeah. All right, I'll take care of it. So Jezebel got a couple of wicked witnesses to rise up and falsely accuse Naboth in the city in front of the elders. So these guys were malicious false witnesses, false accusation. And Naboth was executed. He was killed, and the king took the vineyard. Jezebel, wicked Jezebel, was behind it all. And God spoke to the prophet, and he said, I want you to go to the house of Ahab, because I know exactly what's taken place here. And the prophet goes, and he tells Ahab, the Lord knows what you've done, and you're going to die, and your blood's going to be spilled on the ground, and dogs are going to come and lick up your blood. Have a nice day. <laughs> now, if you read the story in 1 Kings, I think it's either, I think it's chapter 21 or 20. 1 Kings 21. You will see that Ahab gets convicted and repents and the Lord, he kind of just backs off, at least for the moment. But Jezebel ends up dying in this way. She falls out of a window and the dogs come up and they finish her off as well. And uh, I've just did that to improve your, your diet today. Any of you trying to diet, you know, whether or not you'd have a donut after the service... Uh, I thought that might help you. So anyway, it was all for positive reasons. Now, false testimony and dishonesty are linked together together in Leviticus 19.11, which suggests that the concept of false testimony and dishonesty overlap as common sense would apply. Let me just walk this out for you. In the commandments, we go from the greater to the lesser. Murder is the most extreme. Don't murder. But Jesus said, don't hate someone in your heart. Adultery is the most extreme form of the commandment, but Jesus said if you lust after a person in your heart, you've already committed (laughs) adultery. A false witness in a court of law is the extreme example of the law, but every form of lying or falsehood would fall under the command, with this exception I put before you. We do know that there are a few cases in the Bible with the Hebrew midwives in Exodus 1, 15 through 22 with Rahab, the harlot, who lies about the spies being at her home. And the reason that they misrepresent what's going on is for a greater good. In the case of the Hebrew midwives, they didn't want to kill the Hebrew baby boys. And so they told the Pharaoh, before we can get there, the Hebrew women are so vigorous. (laughs) You know, I walked this out for you when we went through Exodus chapter 1 and told you, Perhaps that was true. But they said, before we can get there, they've already had the baby. And Pharaoh, you know, is not happy. But God blesses the midwives, even though they seem to be deceiving the Pharaoh. But they do it for the greater good, so that little babies won't be murdered. Amen. Rahab the harlot does something similar in a time of war. And another more modern example is when people were hiding Jews in their homes from the Nazis. And if the Nazis knocked on the door and said, do you have any Jews here? You know, some people were unwilling to tell a lie because they thought they'd be breaking the ninth commandment. There were others who did deceive the Nazis. And I think personally they were right. I'll let you wrestle with it. But for the greater good, they said, no, there are no Jews here. I think that's the proper answer. But again, it was only for the greater good. I know some of us wrestle with dilemmas like, you know, someone says, how do I look in this? (laughs) I understand that dilemma. (laughs) I'm never in that dilemma because my wife is so stunningly beautiful. But uh, anyway, (laughs) I will just say this. It's not even always about our motivation. But let me just share something with you. Because that is the exception rather than the rule. And I'm going to get into all the expressions of falsehood for a second. But let me just say one other thing. And and I'm kind of just parroting something John MacArthur said. Just because we're to be people of truth doesn't mean that we have to say everything that's on our heart that's true. Sometimes it's better to be quiet. So just because something is true and you observe it as so, it doesn't mean that you have to fire away with every Well, it's the truth. (laughs) Yeah, but you dumb. (laughs) And now you're sleeping with the dog. So anyway, I'll let you walk that out (laughs) as you will. The ninth commandment forbids every form of falsehood, including, if you're taking notes, misleading, misquoting, misinterpreting, Rumors, either starting them or feeding them. Gossip, false flattery, fibs, and half-truths. And even sins of silence. Let's say that you're somewhere and someone's gossiping about somebody that you know and running them down. If you stay quiet, you have basically sinned in the form of falsehood because you didn't correct it or didn't try to protect that person's reputation. And so there, there's ways that we would just be silent and still be breaking the ninth commandment. The most blatant violation, says one writer of the ninth commandment, is any lie that harms someone else or that is against our neighbor. This is, by the way, the first commandment we see so far that says, don't bear false witness against your neighbor. And we've already established that Jesus said our neighbor is anyone we run into in daily or weekly life. Our neighbor has nothing to do with geographic proximity to our home. Our neighbor is anyone we work with, anyone we run into, anyone we cross paths with. We're not to bear false witness against our neighbor in any way. And so the most blatant violation is gossiping, slandering. For example, talking about people in a way that damages their reputation with others. One writer puts it this way, victims of gossip never get a chance to defend themselves. They are tried in the court of private opinion, close quote. And it's unfair. And none of us want it done to us. I remember I was getting my hair cut uh, this several years back. And uh, as I was waiting, they had this daytime show on there that was all about gossip. It was the gossip show. And next, we're going to talk about so-and-so who was saw seen on the beach in not a very flattering bathing suit they put on 20 pounds, you know. And, and, and the juice, juicy morsels of, there's a whole industry of magazines and television programs all built on gossip. And after they would do one story, there was a studio audience and the studio audience would go, Oh yeah. And her and him. And then he would go, whoop, 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 whoop. I was like, what in the world is wrong with these people? This is why you never want to be homesick from work. Go to work. Daytime <laughs> television is terrible. So whoop, whoop. So I was sitting there waiting. And anyway, I was, I was going to go preach a Wednesday night service and Somehow it came up and I shared it. This is several years back. And I don't think the person is here right now, but a lady came up to me and said, Pastor Michael, that's so convicting what you said because that's one of my favorite shows and I watch it all the time. And she sat there in silence and all I could do was go, whoop, whoop. (laughs) I'm just kidding, I didn't do that. (laughs) But isn't it crazy? We all can kind of be attracted To negative news about a person. Yeah, wow. Because somehow it makes us feel a little bit better about ourselves. But we've got to be careful.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment.
2: If you listen to Walk in Truth on a regular basis, we could use your help by becoming a monthly financial partner. Our mission on Walk in Truth is to help people like you become better equipped with God's Word to address today's issues, trends, and culture. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with other monthly expenses. Our fiscal year ends March 31st, and thanks to many listeners like you, we're getting closer to our goal of having 50% of our budget supported. What we really need is more monthly partners so that when we reach that goal, the program will be sustained in the months and maybe even years to come by at least that much. Our ultimate goal is to eventually become 100% listener supported and then have the ability to broadcast on more radio stations to reach more people like you. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner, giving $10 to $20 a month. You can give online today at walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com.
0: If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in other books of the Bible. And would you please do us a favor and encourage a friend or a family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this radio station? The same if you're listening on podcasts. You can always just click that share button. If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then hopefully they will do the same for someone you care about. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth.
1: (laughs) I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. But isn't it crazy? We all can kind of be attracted to negative news about a person. Oh, yeah. Wow. Because somehow it makes us feel a little bit better about ourselves. But we've got to be careful. I want to show you several scriptures in Proverbs so go to your right. You're going to pass up the Psalms. You're going to get to the Proverbs. Proverbs is all about wisdom for living. I heard an interview recently, Sean McDowell interviewing uh, someone they were calling the new Warren Buffett. He's a brilliant businessman. Uh, I think he's probably no more than 40 right now. He's become a Christian uh, and been a Christian for the last seven years. And they, they just say this guy's brilliant and uh, he's an amazing mind. And he was talking about how as he was studying different religions, and he's become a Christian, but he's, he's a fairly new Christian, he said he would read people who were successful in business who were pulling wisdom from the Bible even though they didn't believe in Jesus as the Messiah. Now, he wasn't recommending that, but he was saying that there's so much wisdom in the Bible that very uh, you know, successful business owners pull wisdom from Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and other things. Now, the Bible points us all to Jesus Christ, and that's the reason that we should be in it. But you get the point. Now, Proverbs says a lot of things about false witness and so forth, but let's, let's read, first of all, Proverbs 18, and we're going to look at verses 6 through 8. It says, A fool's lips bring him strife, Proverbs eighteen six, and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is a, his undoing, and his lips are a snare to his soul. The words of a gossip, this is I'm I'm reading from the NIV right now. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's inmost parts. And so, you know, it, it looks so scrumptious and people eat it up. Oh yeah, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. But it goes down deep into you. And it does something to you. This is what the writer of Proverbs is saying. Years ago, when my kids were younger, we had a lot of veggie tales uh, programs that we we're showing to them. And one of them I recall was called the rumor weed. How many of you remember the rumor weed? I don't even remember the music to it. But the rumor weed was people just kept telling stories. And, and this little tiny weed that had, you know, you could just step on it. All of a sudden it grew bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And, bigger and and people were feeding it. And the more they fed the rumor, the bigger the rumor weed became until finally the rumor weed was a monster <laughs> towering over everybody. You know. ah! That's the rumor weed. Anyway, <laughs> now we're going to go back for a second. Proverbs chapter six. I want you to see how serious God is. Proverbs six sixteen says, there are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, Proverbs six seventeen, A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil. What's the next verse say? A false witness who utters lies and who spreads strife among brothers. You can take it to the bank that when a false witness is going around doing their dirty work, The next thing that will happen is strife among people. Take it to the bank. One writer puts it this way. On the one hand, nearly everybody condemns lying. On the other, nearly everyone does it every day. The world of politics never disappoint to produce a pack of lies. I mentioned earlier, especially in these last two years, but lying is not just in the political world. It's on both sides of the aisle. It's everywhere. It's in business. Proverbs chapter 12 17 says he who speaks truth tells what is right proverbs 12:17 but a false witness deceit there's one who speaks rashly like the thrust of a sword but the tongue of the wise brings healing truthful lips 12:19 will be established forever but a lying tongue is only for a moment deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil but counselors of peace have joy No harm befalls the righteous, but the wicked are filled with trouble. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal faithfully are his delight. Flip over to Proverbs 14. Look at verse 15. Proverbs 14, I'm sorry, it's verse 5, says, A faithful or trustworthy witness will not lie, but a false witness speaks lies. And then go all the way to chapter 19, just a few more. I want to give you a taste of the wisdom literature here. Proverbs 19. Look at verse 5. 19.5 says, A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who tells lies will not escape. And then finally, Proverbs 21.28. 21.28 says, A false witness will perish. 21.28. But the man who listens to the truth will speak forever. A wicked man shows a bold face. But as for the upright, he makes his, way pure, his, makes his way sure. There's no wisdom and understanding and no counsel against the Lord. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but victory belongs to the Lord. And the way I take that is trust the Lord when you tell the truth, even if it's not the easiest thing to do in the moment, because it's the best way to just stay in right standing with God and avoid the web of lies that many people will uh, find themselves in. Now, in Matthew, the first book of the New Testament, Jesus tells us about the source of lying and falsehood and gossips. And the source is the heart. Matthew 15, Peter is asking Jesus to explain a parable that he had just told about what goes into a person is not the main issue, what they eat, what they drink. Matthew 15, 16, Jesus said, Are you still lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that everything that goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? But the things that proceed out of the mouth come from where? The heart. And those defile the man. For out of the heart, 1519, come evil thoughts, murders. Now you'll notice that Jesus is really naming commandments. Evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, and what? What? False witness and slanders. These are the things which defile the man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile the man. Now, Jesus says the source of these things is the heart of man. So, recently, I was having a conversation with someone who told me that they're a a Christian, but they're kind of newer to the things of God. And we we're talking about language. And, and the conversation was basically around, you know, sometimes I struggle with my language. And you all know what I mean. You know, words are not always uh, the the purest or God glorifying. And what about that? And here's my response to that. I have found in my Christian life that my mouth has followed my heart. If my heart has been converted into the image of Christ, If he is sanctifying me more and more into his image, which should be happening as a believer, my tongue follows. I don't have to think about what I'm going to say or not say as a believer today. Maybe that was more relevant in the early years because those words are just are not in my heart anymore. And it's not something that I had to really pay a ton of close attention to. I'm not saying I've arrived and I know many of you would agree you haven't arrived but those words just seem to disappear from my mouth because my heart has changed. My heart is supposed to be the throne room wherein Jesus dwells and has obviously uh, lordship. And so this is what Jesus says. Basically, the issue is your heart. If you find yourself falling to these things over and over again, you find yourself being deceptive, uh, you know, hypocritical, putting on a false front when it's not really true. The issue is your heart.
0: You've been listening to the ninth commandment. Thou shalt not bear false witness part two on walk in truth. And that was pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 20. Now we have pastors on staff that would love to speak with you. If you need prayer or counsel, Maybe these Ten Commandment teachings are bringing up some feelings you need to let out, or perhaps you have more questions. Call Walk in Truth Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844 48 Truth. That's 844 48 Truth. 844 48 Truth. Now, here's Pastor Michael one more time before we go. Lying. What should I do now? Don't give up, confess
1: it to the Lord. You know if you confess your sin he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. Ask him to help you not do that anymore. And if you can get to a point where you are finding that your falls spread out. I remember in my first 4 years as a believer I still was struggling with sin. I still today do today there are different types of things now today but I noticed that my falls to sin were spreading out. That is they were less frequent. And that was giving me hope that I was changing. And uh, if you're a newer Christian, uh, you can take some hope in that as well. That if you're falling less, there's no excuse for our sin, and I'm not justifying sin. Romans chapter uh, 6. But when we do make a mistake, if you're finding that you're doing it less, then that means you're growing. And you're moving in the right direction. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. And we've been dealing with the Ten Commandments. And we are at the Ninth right now. And, of course, as we deal with these commandments, they can certainly be convicting. We talk about stealing. We talk about lying or bearing false witness. Or the next one will be about coveting. And they can be hard. They can be convicting. But you remember that they move us towards Messiah to find forgiveness in him, to find that he fulfilled the law. And though we still have responsibility to the moral commands, we know that we are forgiven people, justified in Christ, and we have the power of the Spirit in our lives to help us uh, produce the fruit of the Spirit and walk in the truth. That's what this program is all about, walking in truth. That's what we want to do more and more each day. Well, we're so glad you've been listening, and uh, we're grateful for every one of our partners. Thank you for your prayers. See you right here tomorrow.
0: And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 20 about the ninth commandment. Thou shalt not bear false witness. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.